Shalom to all. Today's office is Superstaff Ayn Vav. We are starting six lines up from the bottom at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Maisha, Hernish, Shalom, Shadav, and Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Mars, Rivka, Basar, Meir, Zev, Hernish, Shalom, Shadav, and Aliyah. Now we're going to bring a case that has what to do with our Mishnah. Amr Avihud Amr Shmuel. Rav Yehud said B'Shem Shmuel. Hamachav Parba Chamar, a person exchanged a cow for a donkey. Umashach Bala Chamar Zapara. And the fellow that owned the donkey, he did Mashicha. He pulled the cow. But the owner of the cow did not have a chance yet to do Mashicha on the donkey. And then it turns out that the donkey died. So let's get this case very clear before we continue. Reuven's walking along the way and he passes by Shimon's house. He sees that Shimon has a cow, just the one that he was looking for. Reuven knocks on the door and proposes a shidduch. Let's make a trade. I'll give you my donkey that I have at home in exchange for your cow. And what do you know? Shimon agrees. L'chaim. So the moment that Reuven does Mashicha, he pulls the cow towards himself, Shimon is automatically kind of Reuven's donkey, even though it's in Reuven's house. So now Reuven and Shimon walk to Reuven's house to give Shimon the donkey, and lo and behold, Reuven's donkey is dead. So Reuven claims that the donkey died after he did Mashicha to the cow, and it's just Shimon's tough luck. Shimon claims that Reuven's donkey died before the exchange, and the trade was never valid, so give me my cow back. So has to bring Raya over here? Shmuel tells us, Al-Bala Chamar Lohavi Raya, the owner of the donkey, Reuven, he has to bring a Raya, para, that his donkey was still alive at the time that he did Mashicha on the cow. And Vitano Tuna, Kala, Shmuel quoted a Tana that said the same thing, which is Kala, which is the Tana of our Mishnah. Now the basic understanding of how Shmuel is comparing our Mishnah to this case is because the first explanation of our Mishnah was that the Reisha and Sefer are two different Tanaim. The Reisha is Rabbi Yeshua, that we do not take Mamain from its current owner in the case of Suffolk. So to hear, since it's a Suffolk when the donkey died, we're not going to allow Reuven to keep the cow without bringing a Raya. Now the Gemara asks, hey Kala, which case of this Mishnah of Kala is Shmuel comparing it to? Elim, if you want to say, we're talking about the case where the Kala's Mumin were discovered when she was still in her father's house, meaning after Erosin, Midami, are these two cases comparable? Hasam over there in the case of the Mishnah. The father's bringing a Raya and he's taking the money of the ksuba from the husband. But Hach over here, the owner of the donkey is bringing a raya, and he's keeping the cow that he currently has. So the two cases are not comparable. So Rav Abba, he explains the case that Shmuel's bringing his raya for his is the safe for the Mishnah, which is talking about where the mumin were discovered in her husband's house. And over there, the husband is bringing a raya to keep the ksuba, just like Ruvain's bringing a raya to keep the cow. We continue asking, that can't be, because it's still not comparable. Because Hasam over there, in the case of the Mishnah, the husband's bringing a raya and he's making a rayasa in the chazaka that the father has. Hacha over here, the owner of the donkey is bringing a raya, and he's keeping his own chazaka. Now, what does that mean? So, in the Mishnah, the husband's bringing a raya in order to weaken the cheskas haguf that she has. This chazaka of hers places burden of proof on him. Whereas in the case of the donkey and the cow, Ruvain actually has a chazaka that supports his claim. He has a chazaka that his donkey was alive up until the very last moment. So, if anything, burden of proof should be on Shimon, not on Ruvain, but still we say that Ruvain has to bring proof to be allowed to keep the cow, and that's definitely not comparable to our Mishnah. In other words, in our Mishnah, the husband's bring a raya to knock away her chazaka. Over here, he's bringing a raya to strengthen his chazaka. So there's still no comparison. So Rav Nachman Yitzchak he answers Kalabavesavia. We're comparing the case to the case of our Mishnah where she's in her father's house, so her father's bring a raya ula kiddushin. We're talking about that he's bringing a raya to keep the money of kiddushin, and that's a fine comparison. The father's bring a raya in order to be able to keep the kes of kiddushin that he already has, and Ruvain, in Shmuel's case, is bringing a raya to keep the cow that he currently has.
has. And now we just have a little bit of an added hezber, added explanation over here. Before we continue, let's just understand that there's machlokes regarding the kiddushin money. Is it letivuin or not? Which means, is it given to her outright for keeps, no matter what happens or not? The nafkamina would be if he's mekadesh her and then he dies. According to Manda Amr, that it's letivuin, she's allowed to keep that kiddushin money. According to the other Manda Amr, it has to be given back to his yarshim. So now we fit that machlokes into this discussion over here. Veloitema, don't say I'll leave the Manda Amr kiddushin lav letivuin nitnu that the father has to bring a riot to be able to keep the kesek kiddushin only according to the Manda Amr that kiddushin is not letivuin. So therefore, he would have to bring a riot in order to be able to keep the money. Even according to the Manda Amr, the Kiddushin is Latibuin, and really in a standard case, a wife or a father should be allowed to keep the Kes of Kiddushin, Hanimili, that's only Kiddushin Vadai, if it's a definite Kiddushin, if a person was Makadish woman, and then he decided to divorce her, or he died, over there it's a Vadai Kiddushin, so of course the woman or the father would be able to keep the Kes of Kiddushin, Ava Kiddushin Tos, but over here, when we're dealing with the Kiddushin Tos, it turns out that she had a mum on her, Imai Siraya in, Eloi Eloi, if the father brings a Raya, so then he's allowed to keep the Kes of Kiddushin, if he doesn't, he's not allowed to keep the Kes of Kiddushin. But either which way, we just found how our Mishnah is talking about the same thing Shmuel's talking about. Once again, Reuven has to bring Uriah that he's allowed to keep the cow, just like the father has to bring Uriah to keep the cows of Kiddushin. But now we have a question. Meisve, the Brasa tells us as follows. A needle was found in the thickness of the stomach. A butcher bought a cow, it was shechted, and it turns out when they opened it up to check to see if it was kosher, that there was a needle in the stomach of the cow. So mitzad echad, if this needle was only protruding through one side of the stomach, kshera, the animal's kosher, it's not a trefa. Mishnei tzadin, if it's protruding through both sides of the stomach, trefa, it's a trefa. If a little bit of blood is found on the tip of the needle, you know that this needle punctured the stomach before shechita and the animal's a trefa. If there was no bit of blood on top of the needle, so then it's known that this needle only punctured the stomach after shechita and the animal's not a trefa. Now here's where to focus on. If this needle puncture wound had a scab on it, then it's known that this happened at least three days before shechita and if the animal was purchased by the butcher less than three days to the shechita, so he could always say, it's a mekachtos. You sold me an animal that's a trefa, I want my money back. However, if there's no scab on this puncture wound, so then the one who's trying to be mighty from the other one, he has to bring a raya. And if the butcher had already paid for the animal, that means he would have to bring a raya, that the animal was a trefa before he bought it, and only then he'd be able to get his money. But now here's the question, why should that be? The original owner of the animal, the animal meicher, he should have to bring a raya that it was not a trefa, and only then he should be allowed to keep the money. The same way that Reuven has to bring a raya to be allowed to keep the cow, and the father of the girl has to bring a raya to be allowed to keep the cows of Kiddushin, so the owner of the animal should have to bring a raya to be allowed to keep the money paid to him for his cow. So the answer is, we're talking about where the butcher didn't pay for the animal yet, and therefore it's incumbent upon the owner of the animal to bring a raya to get his money from the butcher. Ask the Gemara, my pasca, is it really that clear cut? The man of the Brasha said very clearly, and the way we just explained that is who's the mighty, who's the one trying to get the money, the one that sold the animal is trying to get the money for the animal. But is it really that clear cut that every single time a person sells an animal to a butcher, he sells it on credit, and now it's incumbent upon him to try to bring a riot to get his money? That's not necessarily true. Animals aren't always sold on credit. So the Gemara says, you're right, and we go back to the very beginning. Don't listen to these klalim that Yehuda, my brother, said in the name of Shmuel. This is really what Shmuel said. The one that the Suffolk came about in his Rishos, he is the one that has to bring a raya. So actually, Ruvain does not have to bring a raya to be allowed to keep the cow. The Suffolk wasn't nailed in his Rishos. The Suffolk of when the donkey died was nailed in Shimon's Rishos because Ruvain had already made a Kenyan on the cow. So for all intents and purposes, we understand that the donkey is in Shimon's Rishos. That means that the Suffolk was nailed in Shimon's Rishos, so he 
has to bring a raya. And Vitani Tuna Kala, a raya is brought from our Mishnah of Kala. We see in the Rish of our Mishnah, the Suffolk was nailed in the father's Roshos, so the father has to bring a raya. And the Sefer of the Mishnah, the Suffolk was nailed in the husband's Roshos, so the husband has to bring a raya. But still, we have a problem with this. Meisvei, the Brisa had said, Machat Shnim says to Bahavi Beis Akaisos. So it said in that case, it's Hamotim Echaver of a raya. Now, Vidi Loya of Tabach Dami. If you're going to say that the butcher did not pay for the animal yet, like we had just previously established, so Bal Behema Bayla Sui Raya, that means that the owner of the animal has to bring a raya Umapik, and only then he gets his money. But Vamai, why should that be? Sveikib Roshos Tabachas Yalid. The Suffolk, whether or not this animal is a trefa, came about only once the animal was in the butcher's Roshos. So the butcher should have to bring a raya that he does not have to pay. The answer is no. We're talking about a case de Yav Tabach Dami that the butcher paid for the animal already. So therefore, the Suffolk was nailed in the butcher's Roshos, and he has to bring a raya in order to be able to get his money back. Ask Gamora, my Pasca, is it really that clear cut? Is it really so clear of every single case of a butcher buying an animal to shecht it that he paid for that animal, and now if there's a Suffolk, he has to bring the raya to get his money back? So my answer is yes. Stamba de Milsa, in the standard case, as long as a person doesn't give money, so he doesn't get his animal. So yes, there might be certain situations where the butcher got the animal on credit, but the standard situation is where the butcher paid for the animal, and now that there's a Suffolk, the butcher is the one that has to bring the raya. Now just explain the last part of the Mishnah. If the Mumin were discovered on a private, hidden, and non-exposed part of her body, so then it's totally either on her father to bring a raya or on her husband to bring a raya. But if this mum was on an exposed part of her body, so then her husband can't taina, oh, I didn't know about that mum. Why wouldn't he know about it? It was on an open part of her body. Says the Gemara Amr of Nachman, he tells us, If she has epileptic seizures, that's what a nichpa is, she falls down, she has epilepsy, that's considered like a mum shebeseser, that's not something that he could know about. But that's only the kvila his man. If she has these epileptic seizures at a particular time during the day, so then she could always make sure that she's at home when she has it, and then the husband wouldn't necessarily know about it. But if she doesn't have particular times when she has these seizures, and she could have them at any point in the day, that's considered like an exposed mum. That's something that he should know about. People would know if she suffers from epilepsy because she's going to have these seizures anywhere and any time, and therefore he would not be able to tie out, oh, I didn't know about it. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about mumin in a marriage, but this time with a man that has a mum. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.